0: Campfire Classics is a classic literature podcast. However, your hosts will occasionally use not-so-classy language and immature humor to describe very mature situations. As such, listener discretion is advised. Hello, my name's Ken Sandberg.
1: And I'm Heather Michelle Lawler.
0: Welcome to Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelves.
1: Know what newscast this is, but it's weird. It feels like it's on Whose Lines it Anyway? A little bit, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it almost started. Hola, me llamo Ken Sandberg.
1: What's that? Spanish. Well, I know it's Spanish, but like, <laughs> what? Oh, that's almost how you started it. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were like that's almost what it sounded like. No, like- it
0: almost started. I I briefly considered beginning today's show in a bilingual fashion.
1: Ah, oh, well, that would be nice.
0: It would be um, interesting to see how long it could go on.
1: Uh, well, considering I don't, I never. Well, that's not true. I took like a semester of Spanish in seventh grade. Um. <laughs> And know some Spanish people or people that speak Spanish. Yeah. Um, it could last maybe like, you know, uh, 10 seconds. <laughs> well, I
0: mean, I've already tapped out my knowledge of Spanish.
1: Oh, that's it? Hola? That's, you get hola? Me amo. Me amo.
0: I also know el burro sabe más que tú.
1: Okay, well, you've surpassed me now.
0: Which means the donkey knows more than you.
1: Well, that, yep, yeah, that's what people would say to me if I was traveling <laughs> through a Spanish country, yes. <laughs> Apparently
0: that's a sentence that, like, um, it's one that they, that is often taught to uh, new Spanish speakers because it uses, uh, something like it of, uses all of the vowel sounds or something like it that. It uses a lot of, yeah. like,
1: the differences and changes. Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, I did not mean to yawn. <laughs>
0: Anyway, this will not be a Spanish-language episode.
1: Uh, no. See, that was Spanish. No. Yeah! (laughs) See.
0: It was also French.
1: I know. No. No, I speak so many languages. (laughs) Well, hi, everybody. Uh, I hope you've had a good week. Uh, We've got a meteor shower going on outside right now. Yeah, it's pretty cool. We can't see, but I've seen it. It's really Mm -hmm. cool. So if you're in a, a dark location... Um, I think you can see it for the next couple days.
0: Yeah, Go it, check it, it out. As you're listening, it peaked a couple of nights ago, but yeah. it should still be around.
1: And let's see what else is going on. We are solidly in Leo season. We are coming into fall because I'm going to tell you something right now. Ken brought home some pumpkin spice coffee for me the other day. Not, yes, I did. Not a, like Not a pumpkin spice latte. No, 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 no. Like the actual coffee grounds and it's yep. good. It's good stuff. I had it this morning. It made my day. Pumpkin spice. Huzzah. It's fall. It's on its way. Um We I love that. S- I started rehearsals this week for a show at the fringe. Uh yeah, that's I mean, that's been in my life. Um, we played some Dungeons and Dragons with some people and went to a carnival and, and fought some things and Yeah. You know, it's been a it's been a good week.
0: We just played some mini golf under the stars with some uh dragons and pandas watching Yeah, on. we
1: went to the Chinese lantern festival here in Philly and uh uh we played uh the Philly like mini golf, which is like a miniature tour of the city, but in mini golf form, and that was lovely. I uh, saw a show, saw some really talented uh, Chinese performers that are over just for the Lantern Festival. Yeah. Um,
0: Y'all, if you're not familiar with what jar juggling is, holy, holy crap, shit. look that shit up.
1: <laughs> like, the woman, do you remember her name?
0: I think it was Shaw Lee who was doing Shaw that, Lee. I okay. think. Lee,
1: she was so good. And like Amanda, one of my, uh, co- one of our coworkers who has MC'd it a lot over the past like six weeks or whatever, um, says she's never dropped one in this entire like six weeks of the festival. And I'm like, for jugglers, anyone out here that is familiar with juggling, even like really good jugglers drop the thing sometimes. She did not. And she's doing it with her motherfucking feet. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, cool things happening, and uh, yeah,
0: come on down to Philadelphia and uh, see cool shit.
1: Yeah, I mean, really though, I mean, there's some shit going on. We yeah. haven't even seen the Barbie movie yet. We need to see. I know. <laughs> that. We have to find a night to go. I actually
0: also want to see Oppenheimer because I've heard really cool stuff about that.
1: Yeah, but I'm definitely seeing the Barbie movie well, first. Yeah,
0: Priorities, <laughs> understood. But. Bar-
1: Barbenheimer is what they were yeah. calling an opening weekend. But, like, I really need to see it because I've been avoiding spoilers to an extreme. Like, I've had to, like, block. Not block, but, like, silence people's stories. So
0: do we think that the Barbie movie coming out is the reason that everybody promptly started ignoring the fact that a government employee announced that there are space aliens?
1: No, I think everyone's just fucking tired. <laughs> like my, the ex- explanations I've seen on that is because, yes, a few weeks ago, well, like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, a government, like an actual employee... Came forward and testified in front of like the congressional, like you know, committee. Mm-hmm. Um, that he has that there is proof of and like alien life forms here on our planet, and nobody's talking about it. And everyone's like, Yeah, yeah, guys, since like 2016. It, we're just tired. We can't take it anymore. Yeah. We just
0: can't like, do it.
1: It's like not even shocking. It's no. just like nothing shocking anymore. It's like, yep, that sounds about right.
0: You wanted to impress us with this. You should have done it back in the 90s. Yeah.
1: like it, Even it was, the early
0: 2000s would have been fine.
1: Yeah. Actually, I was listening to uh, one of my uh, favorite podcasts that I've mentioned before on the show, mm-hmm. and that's why we drink, which I will now tag in this, and then they'll be our best friends. Um, they uh, They were just talking about the Maya calendar. And how there are theories that the world did end in 2012. We are all just now living in a simulation. And when I think about everything in my life since 2012, it's well, pretty chaos. would be nice? Anyway, uh, yeah, the world's crazy right now. So hug your loved ones and, uh, you know. Do what you like.
0: (laughs) So, listeners, stay tuned for this week's secret passcode at the end of the episode. But when you write in, let us know if you think the world has been a simulation since 2012. And if it is, what evidence do you have?
1: And who's running that simulation? (laughs) Quetzalcoatl. What the fuck's that?
0: One of the Mayan gods. Oh.
1: Okay. Okay. I was like, is that like the flying spaghetti monster? No, that's
0: a real one. I yeah.
1: mean, I, yeah, as
0: as real as.
1: I mean, some people do worship the flying spaghetti yep. monster. So, again, well, do what you love, like what you do. Um, and speaking of liking what we do,
0: and doing what you love.
1: Here we are, ready to do that just for you. Yeah. Hey, so, segue.
0: Welcome to Campfire Classics, a literary comedy podcast where we usually spend somewhere between eight and a half and 15 <laughs> minutes getting really, really sidetracked before we get around to the thing we actually do, which is reading short stories that we have selected for you to hear. Yes, we cold read short stories that we've pulled out of the obscurity of the public domain, and then we read them to you complete with fuck-ups and words that we don't understand and um, euphemisms for penis that may or may not have been intended that way. (laughs) This week, I have chosen a story for Heather to read, but before we get to that, I'm going to share with you a few little fun facts, but before we get to that, I'm going to share with you a special word this week.
1: Oh, word of the week. You did that last week too, didn't you?
0: Two weeks ago, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, because it would have been my job to do it. I guess you can just do it every week. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) So, I ran across this word, and I thought it was funny. The (laughs) word is sardoodledom.
1: Sardoodledom?
0: Yes, sardoodledom. Okay. It is a piece of literature, usually a play, whose plot and or characters are overwritten or contrived. Named after French dramatist, Victorian Sardou by George Bernard Shaw, who thought Sardou's work was trivial and melodramatic.
1: <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> Sardou. How did we never learn that phrase in all the years of grad school? I don't know. Okay. I'm just pointing out, y'all. I went to two different grad schools had many theater history classes, and no one ever used the word sardoodledom. sardoodledom. So, any of our listeners out there that are theater professors, I highly encourage you to uh, introduce that fun fact when you're speaking about George Bernard Shaw or French plays or, you know. Or just,
0: melodramas just or really history.
1: anything. I was going to say, we read some fucking plays in grad school that some were sardoodle- pretty
0: contrived plays. We
1: did a play that was um, mm-hmm,
0: very sardoodledom. sardoodledom. Yeah.
1: We won't speak of that one. Oh, beautiful, fours. <laughs> anyway.
0: Anyway, that has been this week's word of the week. So go ahead. And in addition to letting us know what evidence you have of a simulation, uh, let us know how you use sardoodledom in a sentence. So now on to fun facts. This week's author is Mary DeMorgan. Morgan.
1: Is another new person? Yes, it is. All right. She is an
0: English author and suffragist.
1: Sweet. Born in
0: 1850, she developed a reputation as a child for being tactless, blunt, and very opinionated.
1: So this was me in my former life. Yeah. Okay, cool.
0: Uh, <laughs> she once told famed painter Henry Holiday, "Quote: All artists are fools." <laughs>
1: Wow, and she's an artist.
0: <laughs> now, yeah. Uh,
1: well, well, I mean, she's an artist. She's a writer. Yeah. Uh, but I would agree with her. <laughs> We're all idiots.
0: <laughs> it was written of her, quote, She chattered awfully, and Louis, she is only 15. I believe a judicious course of snubbing would do her good.
1: That's what he said back to her?
0: Uh, no, this was this was not that, that same thing. This was... The wife of another painter, oh. writing to her sister, said...
1: <laughs> Being like, she needs some silent treatment? S-
0: no, sn- I think snubbing is like, sh- she needs to get thumped. Like, she needs a good spanking.
1: A 15-year-old? Yeah. I hate human beings. <laughs> and I'm like, how dare this woman have an opinion? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And apparently, she did something to offend a young George Bernard Shaw. Funny that I just mentioned him. Amazing. Because he reportedly hated her exceedingly.
1: George Bernard Shaw didn't like a lot of people. <laughs> I'm just going to point that out.
0: Well, you can add Mary DeMorgan to the list of people that he specifically hated.
1: That's Well, then she did something, right? Yeah. Because if he, he like, went out of his way to, like... Comment on it, then you know you done something right.
0: So, yeah, so she was really good at making friends. Sweet. Um, when her father died, she moved in with her brother for a while, where she told stories that she had written to her nieces, nephews, and other neighborhood children, including a young Rudyard Kipling.
1: Oh my God, she was like Rudyard Kipling's nanny. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome.
0: A lifelong feminist and socialist, her fairy tales often reflected her politics as she seemed to believe that art should be used to teach something important about the world. She once wrote to a friend, quote, I am so thankful I have only a small income. It is so delightful planning things and deciding what one can afford. It would bore me to death to be rich.
1: Oh, I love her. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. We, I'm pretty sure this is my past life.
0: <laughs> she never married, but she continued writing fairy tales her whole life. Her last published collection came out in 1900. Shortly after then, she moved to Cairo for her health and took over a girls' school there. All right. Uh, she died in 1907 in Cairo.
1: So when my great-grandmother was seven, she died. Yeah. I just, I love the... Uh, the crossover of like that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
0: This week's story comes from her 1880 collection entitled The Necklace of Princess Fiori Mundi. It is called The Three Clever Kings.
1: The Three Clever Kings. All right, let's Let's light start the fire. this fire. The Three Clever Kings. By Mary DeMorgan Michelle Lawler. <laughs> I've already decided we are... Uh... I can't believe
0: I didn't notice that she shares the same last half of your name. That's so crazy. I
1: know. I, I, you didn't see that on the, the thing. I just... Yeah. I, I felt it in my soul because, I mean, I was her. By Mary DeMorgan. <laughs> Old King Roland lay upon his deathbed... And as he had no son to reign after him, he sent for his three nephews Aldevrand, Aldebert, and Alderet, and addressed them as follows. First of all, those are the worst names I've ever heard in my entire fucking life. (laughs) Also, I was like, Who named them? Assholes. (laughs) His, His brother, I'm guessing. It's his nephew. Yeah. There is nephews. Also, I was like, "Wait, is this the beginning of House of the Dragon?" <laughs> That's exactly how it starts.
0: Aldovrand Targaryen.
1: Aldovrand, Aldo Targaryen, and Alderet High Castle. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if we if we say their names a lot, I might be uh, abbreviating to Aldo, Aldi, and oh no, <laughs> Aldo Bert and Aldi. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how, much, how many times the words come up. My dear nephews, I feel that my days are now drawing to an end and one of you will have to be king when I am dead. But there is no pleasure in being king. My people have been difficult to govern and never content with what I did for them. So that my life has been a hard one and though I have watched you all closely, still I know not which is most fit to wear the crown? My life is hard, and you
0: guys all suck.
1: <laughs> I have watched you all closely. Still, I know not which is most fit to wear the crown. So my wish is that you should each try it in turn. You, aldevrand as you are the oldest, shall be king first. And if you reign happily, all well and good. But if you fail... Let Aldebert take your place, and if he fail, then give it up to Alderet, and then you will know which is best fitted to govern.
0: Yeah, unless Aldevran does such a piss-poor job that the country collapses.
1: Or Aldevran doesn't realize he sucks at it. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I mean, like... Most
0: people who are terrible leaders think they're really good. Yeah,
1: well, that's, uh, there's, uh the person that doesn't want to rule should the be the one should. that's yeah. ruling because they're not power hungry they are actually doing a duty instead of like a like a something that was ordained on them <laughs> yeah also there's three of them it's like a little king lear feeling like yeah. yeah on this the three young men all thanked their uncle and each one declared that he would do his best and soon after old king roland died and was buried with great state and ceremony. Aw. That's nice. They spent so much money.
0: Bye, Uncle Roro.
1: Bye, Roro. <laughs> now here come the Aldebrands.
0: Time for the also Rands.
1: <laughs> so now Alderand was to be king, and he was crowned, and there were great rejoicings everywhere. Yay. <laughs> "'Tis a fine thing to be king,' cried he in much glee.
0: "'It's good to be king.'"
1: It's good. "'Oh, I just can't wait to be king.'" <laughs> "'Now I can amuse myself and do just as I please, and there will be no one to stop me, and I will lay in bed as late as I like in the morning, for who dares blame one if he's the king.'" Yeah, this guy sounds like he's going to be great at the job. <laughs> Next morning, the prime minister and the chancellor came to the palace to see the new king and settle affairs of state. But they were told that his majesty was in bed and had given orders that no one should disturb him. This is a bad beginning, (laughs) sighed the prime minister. (laughs) The the hand of the king is like, no, fuck. (laughs) Oh, damn it. Why?
0: (laughs) I mean, you get one day. Day like the ceremony He He was a little hung over. He was probably hungover. You get a day. We'll see where it goes.
1: This is a bad beginning, sighed the Prime Minister. Very bad, echoed the Chancellor. When they came back to the palace later in the day, the king was playing a battle door and shuttlecock. (laughs) <laughs> with some of his gentlemen. All Whoa, right. he's
0: shuttling his cock in and out the battle door?
1: With some of his gentlemen. Yeah. So I guess he's not going to have any heirs either.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Unless he swings this both This is what ways. that other king was having trouble with.
1: Oh, yeah. Right? Having, he kept, having babies. Yeah, he kept talking in the, to the men. In, in the uh, only fairy tale to ever come out of yeah. Uh, 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 Armenia? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So he's playing battledore and shuttlecock with some of his gentlemen, and was very angry at being interrupted in his game. I mean, yeah, if you t- stop him at the wrong time, it's going to hurt. It's
0: yeah, you yeah. don't you don't interrupt shuttlecock.
1: A pretty thing, he cried, that I, the king. Am to be sent for hither and thither, as if I were a lackey? Lackey. Lackey? I've never seen that spelling.
0: It's not usually spelled that way. It's oh, yeah. usually L-A-C-K-Y. This is the British. That's the,
1: it's the British spelling, probably.
0: It's the Brits cheating at Scrabble, is what it is. Fuckers. they are just adding extra letters to <laughs> shit.
1: Who invented Scrabble? Was it a Brit or an American?
0: It was the Nazis. Jesus. <laughs>
1: So basically all scrabble boards are now Ouija boards because they've been infused with the angry Nazism. <laughs> Burn the Scrabble board! Alright, anyway, where the fuck am I? He he doesn't want to go hither and thither. Okay. That I, the king, am to be sent for hither and thither as if I were a lackey. They must go away and come another time. And on hearing this, the Prime Minister and Chancellor looked graver still. But next morning there came the commander in chief and the lord high admiral as well as the prime minister and the chancellor all wanting to have an audience with the king and as he was not out of bed and He's they still co- playing shuttlecock <laughs> He's in bed playing a different version of shuttlecock yep. it is a uh, a more intimate version of shuttlecock yes As he was not out of bed and they could not wait any longer, they all stood outside his bedroom door and listened. (laughs) They all stood outside his bedroom door and knocked to gain admittance. And at last he came out in a towering rage and throwing them his crown cried, Here, let one of my cousins be king, for I will not bear this longer, it is much more trouble than it is worse, so Aldebert or Alderat may try it and see how they like it, but as for me, I've had enough of it.
0: For two whole days, I've had these two guys trying Try to get, have a meeting, meeting. with me. Like. <laughs> God, life is so hard. So
1: this kid was really awesome before this all happened, I've, clearly. I have <laughs> been
0: shuttle interruptus for two days. That's enough.
1: That's enough. And he ran downstairs and out of the palace door, leaving the prime minister and the chancellor and the general and admiral staring at each other in dismay. Aldebrand walked out of the town unnoticed and turned towards the country, whistling cheerfully to himself. When he had gone some way in the fields, he came upon a farmhouse, and in a meadow nearer, the farmer stood talking to his men. Aldebrand went straight up to him and, touching his hat, asked him if he could give him any work. Oh, he's very excited about a farm full of men.
0: Also, now he wants to work?
1: Like, he's gonna do hard fucking labor in the fields and like plowing and shit, but he didn't wanna like have a meeting. I guess he just thought King really just didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Fuck that guy. Work? cried the farmer, little thinking he was talking to his late king. What sort of work can you do? Well, said Aldevrand. I'm not very fond of running about, but if you want anyone to mind your sheep or keep the birds from your corn, I can do that nicely. He wants to be a fucking scarecrow. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is this the prequel to Wizard of Oz? There's three men.
0: It could be. We'll see oh, what happens next. Shit.
1: All right. Um, that could do nicely. I'll tell you what you can do if you like," said the farmer. "I am wanting a goose boy to take care of my geese. <laughs> I like that. I like that the person that takes care of the geese is called a goose, goose boy. boy. What else are you gonna call him? He's a goose boy and he plays with the geese. He's a goose boy. Goosard? A, go- a, a gosling wrangler. gossard? A. <laughs> Ryan Gosling?
0: <laughs> Ryan Gosling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Eldevrand is played by Ryan Gosling.
1: Perfect. I love it. Uh, so he wants a goose boy to take care of my geese. See, there they are on the common. All you will have to do is to see that they don't stray away and to drive them in at night. that'll suit me exactly,' cried Aldebrand. "'I will begin at once.'" And he went—I don't know how he has turned into Keanu Reeves over the past, like, four times he's spoken. I'm even, like, doing, like, the nod that, like, Bill and Ted did. (laughs) "'I will begin at once.'" And he went straight on to the common, and when he had collected the geese together, lay down to watch them in high, good humor. "'This is capital,' he cried, "'and much better than being king at the palace.'" Here there is no Prime Minister or Chancellor to come worrying. And he lay watching the geese all day very contently. When the Prime Minister and Chancellor knew that Aldebrand had really gone, they went in a great hurry to Aldebert to tell him it was his turn to be king. But when he heard how his cousin had run away, he looked frightened. I will do my best, Quasi. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> He sounds like he has this voice. Okay. I, I will do my best, quoth he. But I really know very little about the matter. However, you must tell me, and uh, I will do whatever you direct. <laughs> He's like the the weird middle kid, middle child. It's like Seymour Krellborn. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's kind of like Seymour to me.
0: Sure, but He's got, like, Seymour glasses that fall almost is played by Beaker.
1: Okay, perfect. <laughs> it's a fairy tale. <laughs> I'm casting the Muppet movie. Great. great.
0: So the Prime Minister and the Chancellor are Statler and Waldorf. Of course,
1: yeah. At hearing this, the Prime Minister and the Chancellor were delighted. Now we have got the right sort of king, they said, and both wagged their heads with joy. So King Aldebert was crowned, and there were great rejoicings all over the country. Yeah. Early next morning, he was up all ready to receive his ministers, and first came the Prime Minister. "'Your Majesty,' said he, "'I come to you on an affair of much importance. "'A great part of our city is falling down, and it is very necessary that we should rebuild it at once. "'If you will command it, therefore, I will see that it is done.' "'I have no doubt that you were right,' said the king. "'Pray, uh, let them begin building at once,' uh, and the prime minister went away delighted. Scarcely had he gone when in came the commander-in-chief.' Your majesty, said he, I wish to lay before you the state of our army. Our soldiers have had a great deal of fighting to do lately and are beginning to be discontented. But the late king, your uncle, would never attend to their wants. Pray do what you like, said King Aldebert. I was right with this voice. Yep. To satisfy them, said the commander-in-chief, I think that we should double their pay. This would keep them in good humor, and all will be well. By all means, that will be certainly the best way, said Aldebert. Let it be given to them at once. And on hearing this, the commander-in-chief went away right merrily.
0: This is feeling very Goldilocks Goldilocks, and Three Bears. Goldilocks, I just had it too. Yeah. Like
1: there's something that's, you gotta go somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Extremes are not good. Somewhere in the middle is just right. One
0: one king gave you nothing. Yeah. The next king is giving you everything.
1: Yeah. When he had gone, there came in the chancellor with a long face. Your majesty, he said. He has a long face, so that's what he sounds like to me. (laughs) The visuals I get when I read these stories is quite funny because I have such a visual brain. I wish there was any way to, like... Project that that people could see, but it's, I,
0: I mean, I think by choosing the correct voice, you project I, exactly yes. what you're seeing. Well, I
1: hope people see the ridiculousness I see in my head because it's funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How long is his face?
1: It's very long. Like he's do got his, like do
0: his cheeks droop down to his shuttlecock?
1: Almost, almost. He's he's still a young man. He's not super old. He's like oh. fifty. He's got like twenty years till his shuttlecock gets touched, tickled by his cheeks. Yeah. I hope someone just tuned in at that moment of the podcast.
0: (laughs) It'd be weird if you're tuning in in the middle. Hi, listener.
1: If you're just (laughs) joining
0: us 30 minutes into this episode, (laughs) here's what you've missed.
1: We're reading a story.
0: You know what? Never mind. Go back to the beginning. Listen.
1: Your, your, Your Spotify or whatever you're listening to malfunction. Go back to the beginning. So with his long face, the chancellor said, your majesty, he said. I have this morning been to the treasury and I find that there is scarcely any money left. The late king, your uncle, spent so much in spite of all I could say that now it is almost all gone. Your majesty must now save all you can for the next year or two, and you ought to also lower the soldier's pay and stop all public works. R- yeah, wow. fuck, you should have like ten minutes too late, brah. You should have maybe had like a meeting with everybody first. Oh, I have no doubt that you're quite right, cried the king. You know best. Let it be done as you wish. <laughs> wow. Well, he's just not even paying attention. He's just like, yes. Yes, that's good. Yes, yes that's good. That Use sounds good. Thing. That yeah, sounds good." But the next morning in came the prime minister with a frowning face. How is this, your majesty, cried he, that as we were beginning our buildings, the chancellor comes and tells us that we are not to have any money to build with. He had not done with speaking when the Commander-in-Chief burst into the room unable to conceal his rage. Yesterday, your majesty told me that all the soldiers should have double pay and this morning I hear that instead of that their wages are to be lowered. <laughs> you tickled <laughs> yourself. <laughs> Sometimes my mouth makes funny noises that make me giggle. (laughs) Lowered? Here he was, interrupted by the Chancellor, who was coming in looking much excited. "'Your Majesty,' he cried, "'did you not yesterday say that we were now to begin saving "'and that I was not allowed any more money to be spent "'and that the army must do with less pay?' And then all three began to quarrel amongst themselves. When he saw how angry they were, King Aldebert took off his crown and said, I am sure that you are each of you quite right, but I think I am scarcely fit to be king. Indeed, I think that you'd better find my cousin Alderet and uh, let him be crowned and I will seek my fortune elsewhere. And he had slipped out of the room and run down the stairs and out of the palace before they could stop him. He went briskly down the high road into the country, the same way that Aldevran had gone. After he had gone some way, he met a traveling tinker who sat by the roadside mending tin cans. That's weird. <laughs> That's a weird job.
0: That's yeah, strange choice.
1: <laughs> what? Mending tin, mending tin cans with his little fire at his side. Oh, he's probably listening to Campfire Classics because he's sitting yeah, by his campfire. Yeah, sitting
0: by the campfire. Yeah. Oh, and he uses the tin cans to listen.
1: Oh, yeah, it's like a he's old got, game he's of got telephone. A, he's got a
0: string connected to the tin cans. <laughs> Whoa, meta.
1: Meta. Wait, is the, tink, is the Tinker's listening to us read this story about himself?
0: Right now. This is some, like...
1: Maya, the, the apocalypse. Stranger, yeah. stranger
0: than fiction shit.
1: Stranger than fiction or, like... We're in a simulation and it's all like, it's all inceptioning on each other. Woo!
0: The tinker listened to his tin can.
1: (laughs) What? (laughs) I just heard that in my ear. That was really weird. Uh, Okay, so he's sitting by the fire. Aldebert stood watching him and at last said, How cleverly you mend those holes! (laughs) I mean, he plugs so, he plugs them up real good. so
0: King number one wanted to play shuttlecock. King number two wants to fill the holes. wants to
1: fill up and fix yep. the holes. yep. How cleverly you mend those holes. You must let you must lead. you must lead a pe- you you lead. must lead. <laughs> My brain was solid that that was lead because the English language sucks because they are both spelled the exact same way.
0: English is weird.
1: English is broken. Let's go back to Spanish.
0: Uh, If you can translate it. (laughs) Fuck, no. Next week, I'll choose a Spanish language story for you.
1: Good thing I'm picking the story next week. Oh, yeah. Careful what you wish for. Uh,
0: I didn't wish for anything.
1: (laughs) You must lead a peasant life. Pleasant. <laughs> he sits there, he's like, you must be poor, bitch. <laughs> no. You must be
0: poor. You're repairing your tin cans. Yeah. Most people just recycle throw them. them
1: out <laughs> or use them for other purposes. You must lead a pleasant life going from house to house in the green lanes, mending wares. Do you think I could learn how to do it if you would teach me? The tinker, who was an old man, looked at him and said, Oh, well, I don't mind giving you a trial if you'd like to come with me, for I want a strong young man sometimes to help me.
0: Doesn't everybody want a strong young man sometimes?
1: (laughs) To help fill my holes. Uh... For I want a strong young man sometimes to help me wheel my little cart, and I'll teach you my trade, and and we'll see what you can make of it. So Aldebert was delighted and went with the tinker. So now we have two of them have gone and, like, learned, like, weren't these people, like, princes? Yeah. (laughs) They, They couldn't just go back and, like, be a prince again? Apparently not. That sucks. Yeah. Their uncle's an asshole. <laughs> He's like, you will be king or you will have nothing. All right, let's see what the third one does. Yeah,
0: why aren't they just... L- yeah,
1: why aren't they just going back to, like, their don't live their off castle? the family money. <laughs> Clearly, one of them doesn't want to do anything, and the other one just wants to say yes. So, like, that sounds like what they could do in their palace back home. But, you know, to each their own. I'm sure there's a moral in here somewhere. We'll get there. We are gonna get there.
0: Do we think the third? Well, now brother... he's a tinker.
1: He does metal projects. The fucking Tin Man,
0: tin oh, cans.
1: Yeah. Holy shit! Tin can, Tin Man.
0: Yeah, you got a not scarecrow and a Tin before? Man. So well, fuck.
1: Uh, you gotta have a coward. Coward, like a.
0: Cow- or or yeah.
1: Like if he's a coward, or if he works with animals, like yep. joins the circus.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: Okay, let's see where it goes. I'm so so excited. I can't believe I didn't catch tin can when I was too worried. I was too humored about the filling of holes. (laughs) Oh, well. Sometimes I lose the path. Don't we all? Follow the yellow brick road. (laughs) When they knew that he was really gone, the prime minister and the chancellor looked at each other in dismay. This will never do, cried they. We must go at once to Prince Aldaret, and let us hope that he may do better than his cousins. Good luck. Yeah, right. When Prince Aldoret heard that it was his turn to reign, he jumped for joy. Oh, Uh-oh. No. <laughs> i <I'm> scared. <laughs> now, cried he... Uh, no, I gotta give him... He's gotta be very different from his brother. So the first one was very Keanu.
0: Put him up, put him up. Oh,
1: yeah. Now, cried he, at last I will show what a king should... No, that's too close to the other one. I'm just gonna make him normal. Now, cried he, at last I will show what a king should really be like. My cousins were neither of them any good, but they shall now see how different I will be. He's kind of like uh, Liam Neeson. <laughs> he's, sure. He's like,
0: you I took my daughter. I have a particular set of skills. Yes.
1: <laughs> so he was crowned. And again, there were great rejoicings all over the country. Yay. Yeah. Um, next day, he sat in state to receive the chancellor and the prime minister and hear what they had to say. My friends, said he to them. A good king ought to be like a father to his people, and this is what I mean to be. Call me daddy. (laughs) I mean to arrange everything for them myself, and if they will only obey me and do as I direct, they are sure to be both prosperous and happy. Yeah, he's about to be scary. On hearing this, both Prime Minister and Chancellor looked anxious, and the Chancellor said, I fear, your majesty, your people will not like to be too much meddled with. At this, the king was very angry and bid them to see about their own business and not presume to teach him his.
0: This is not a man who wants for courage.
1: Mm, Well, we're going to find out. Maybe that's his punishment for walking away as he gets stripped of his courage. When they had gone, he went to take a drive into his city, that he might see it and know it well. But directly he returned to the palace, and he sent for the prime minister. And when he arrived, said, I already see much to be altered in my kingdom. I do not like the houses in which many of the people dwell, nor indeed the dresses they wear. But what strikes me most of all, that wherever I go, I spell a strong sense of peace. That's a terrible place for a line break.
0: <laughs> do you have a line break there? I do. <laughs> <Look>. Pea
1: soup. <laughs> I mean, not on like in a medieval town like the strong sense the strong of strong smell of
0: pea in yeah. a
1: city. I mean, you smell it in Philadelphia all the time. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. Um, but
1: it actually says pea soup. But yeah. there's a line break, so I thought I was going to a strong. Smell of pee.
0: <laughs> For the record, I never want to eat pea soup again.
1: <laughs> and we don't even know where this is going.
0: Nope. I just I. That, it has nothing to do with the story. I never want to eat pea soup again.
1: Because uh, now it's just gonna smell like urine to you. <laughs> All right. Well, he doesn't like it. He does not like that the city smells like pee or pea soup. Alright, but what strikes me most of all is that wherever I go, I smell a strong smell of pea soup. Now, nothing is so unwholesome as pea soup, and therefore it would not be right for me to allow the people to go on eating. Wasn't that the fucking food that we had to talk about in that weird cartoon voiceover we did? Mmm, pea soup. (laughs) Wasn't it that? Was it? And that was a French cartoon. Mm, Mmm, pea soup.
0: I thought it was something to do with leeks.
1: Oh, it was leek soup. It was leek Leek soup. (laughs) Leek soup. Mmm, leek soup. (laughs) Mmm, pea Mm. soup. (laughs) Mm, All right, so now, two fairy tales we have encountered where they have some weird obsession with soups. Now, nothing is so unwholesome as pea soup, and therefore, it would not be right for me to allow the people to go on eating it. I command, therefore, that no one shall again make or eat pea soup within my realm on pain of death. Jesus! That's fucking rude. You just said you didn't want to eat pea soup, so I guess you're going to make it. (laughs) But Jesus. Again, the Prime Minister looked very grave and began to say, "'Your majesty, your subjects will surely not like to be hindered from eating and drinking what pleases them.' But the king cried out in rage, "'Go at once and do as I bid you!' So the prime minister had to obey. Early next morning, when the king arose, he heard a great hubbub under his window. And when he went to see what it was, he saw a vast mob of people all shouting, The king, the king, where is the king who would dictate to us what we shall eat and drink? These people pissed about not being able to eat some pea soup. When he saw them, he was terribly frightened and at once sent for the prime minister and chancellor. There it is. Lost his courage. Oh, shit. (laughs) All right. And at once sent off for the prime minister and chancellor to come to his aid. Pray, go and tell them they can eat what they like, he cried when they arrived. But do you know, I find it will not at all suit me to be king. You had best try Aldebrand or Aldebert again. And so saying, he took off his crown and laid it down and slipped away out of the palace before either prime minister or chancellor could stop him.
0: (laughs) Oh, and she, I I threatened to kill my people if they ate soup and now they don't like me. I'm
1: scared. I'm going to run away. So when there he is. All right. He went out the back door. Oh, he slipped out the back door? What a little bitch. He went out the back door and ran and ran and ran till he had left the town far behind and came to the country fields and lanes the same way that his two cousins had gone. And as he went, he met a sweep trudging along carrying his long brooms over his shoulders. Maybe he uses that to make the mane. My friend, cried Aldoret, stopping him. Of all things in the world, I would like to be a sweep and learn how to sweep chimneys. May I go with you, and I'll, uh, you will teach me your trade. The sweep looked surprised, but said yes, Aldoret could go with him if he so chose. and as he was now going to the farmhouses on the road to sweep the chimneys, he could begin at once. So Aldoret went with the sweep, carrying some of his brooms for him. After a time, the people outside the palace grew quiet when they had heard that the king would not interfere with them any further. And when all was still, the prime minister and the chancellor went to seek the king, but he was nowhere to be found in the palace. They didn't realize he left?
0: (laughs) He snuck out the back.
1: He snuck out the back. Okay, great.
0: Yeah, when you sneak out the back, it's easy to, like, disappear. When you sneak in the back... (laughs) somebody usually notices. Somebody
1: definitely notices, yeah. Yeah. This will never do, cried they. We must have a king somehow so we had best have back one of the others. So they started to look for Aldebrand or Aldebert. You know what they should find?
0: Ryan Gosling.
1: Actually Ryan Gosling, yeah. Um, Or or
0: just one of the geese.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They They do better than those guys. Yeah. Or, you know, one of the daughters of the king or we, something. We don't,
0: we don't know that he has daughters.
1: There's got to be some girl out there that they, that has a royal lineage. Come on. And I'm just considering our author here. <laughs> yeah. So they all started to look for Aldebrand or Aldebert. They sought them all over the city, and at last they came into the same country road down which the three cousins had gone. And there they saw Aldebrand lying in a meadow watching his flock of geese. Good day, my friends! cried he when he saw them. And how are things going at the palace? I hope my cousins like reigning better than I did. Now here I lie peacefully all day long and watch my geese, and it is much nicer than being king. Now all I can see is it being played by like 90s Keanu Reeves. Kind
0: of what that picture looks like, actually. Uh, yeah,
1: that's. I just looked down. I went, oh my God, that's that's exactly cast correctly. All right. Yep. Then the Prime Minister and Chancellor told him all that had happened, and begged that he would come back with them to the palace again. But at this, aldevran laughed outright. "'No, indeed,' cried he. "'I would not be king again for any man living. "'You had best go and seek my cousin Aldebert and ask him. "'I saw him go down the road with a tinker, helping him to mend his tins. "'So go and ask him and, and leave me to mind my geese in peace.' So the Prime Minister and the Chancellor had to still seek further. They trudged on and on, till at last they met Aldebert, who sat by the side of the road, mending a tin kettle, and whistling cheerfully. "'Hi-day, who have we here?' cried he. "'The Prime Minister and the Chancellor! (laughs) And I am right glad to see you both. "'See how clever I have grown? I am learning to be a tinker, and I am mended that hole all myself. Look, I'm a big boy. I'm a grown up. <laughs> then the prime minister and chancellor begged him to leave his pots and come back. Not his pot, his pots. <laughs> Though I'm sure Either there's way, some. Either way, he's going to say no. Well, I think that's his other brother that likes the pot, really. <laughs> When the Prime Minister and Chancellor begged him to leave his pots and come back to the palace and be king, but he fell to work again harder than ever and said, No, indeed, go go and ask my cousins, who are both much cleverer than I. I really don't do for it at all, but I make a good tinker, and I like that much better. Then what can we do, cried the Prime Minister, for we don't know where Alderet has gone. Oh, I saw him down there, the sweep a little time ago, said Aldebert, and he went into that farmhouse yonder, so you would best seek him there. So the Prime Minister and the Chancellor went on to the farmhouse. At the door stood the farmer's wife, but when they asked her if she had seen the king go by, she stared with surprise. Nay, said she, no one has been here but a sweep and his apprentice. He is in there sweeping the chimney now. On hearing this, the Prime Minister and the Chancellor at once ran into the farmhouse and saw the old sweep standing by the kitchen fireplace. "'And where is the other sweep?' cried they. "'He has gone up the chimney and is just going to begin sweeping,' said the old man. "'So if you want to speak to him, you must shout.' So they shouted and called, "'King Alderat! King Alderat!' as loud as ever they could. But he did not hear. Then the Chancellor knelt in front of the grate and put his head up the chimney and called, King Alderet! King Alderet! It is the Prime Minister and I, the Chancellor, come to fetch your majesty back to the palace. When Alderet heard him up the chimney, he trembled in every limb, but he replied, I am not going to come down. I don't want to be king. I am going to be a sweep, and I like that much better. I shan't come down till you are gone away, and... Now you had best go quickly, for I am going to begin sweeping, and all the soot will fall on your head. <laughs> and then they heard the rattle of the broom and the chimney, and the whole shower of soot fell on the chancellor's head. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a—it's a very Looney Tunes moment yeah. right there.
0: Now, long face is in blackface. <laughs>
1: Jesus Christ. And that's the end of the story. <laughs> The Prime Minister and the Chancellor turned back to the city very disconsolately. "'We must go and look for a king elsewhere,' they said. "'It is no use troubling about Aldervrand, Aldebert, and Alderet.' So they left the one to his geese, the one to his tins, and the others to sweep the chimney. And that was the end of the three clever kings.'" And then they went and found a woman and she ruled in peace and harmony for all time. The end. Ta-da! <laughs> uh, that last line was not in the story. The end.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a weird ending.
1: Um. Yeah, there's no moral. Definitely no moral. No.
0: I do... I I yes. So I just went back and checked the full, um, like, the book mm-hmm. where I pulled the story from. That is the end of the story. Okay. Um. However, the next story is called... The Wise Princess.
1: Are you fucking kidding me? No. See?
0: The next story is called The Wise Princess. I told you
1: I'm it, her reincarnated. It,
0: it begins with Once Upon a Time. So it's the beginning of a new story. It's not like a continuation of this one, near as I can tell. But or the next is story it? is called The Wise Princess.
1: Or is it? I. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, holy shit! Uh,
0: <laughs> I told um, you
1: this is my bitch right here.
0: Listener, if you want to find out if the wise princess was part two of the three clever kings, uh, write in, and
1: I can give that story to Ken next week.
0: And say you want to hear the wise princess.
1: I mean, that's less a little less research I have to do, and, <laughs> and since I wrote it uh, a couple lives ago, I probably uh, probably um, know what's have coming. Have some fun facts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh it was fun though. You should
0: really always know what's coming.
1: Can we ever really know what's coming?
0: Sorry, that was a sex joke.
1: Oh. <laughs> I went to the, the, the like yeah. for the once in my life, I went to like the like super like like metaphysical, like yeah. ooh, do we ever really know what's coming? And you made the sex yeah. joke. No. What M- has happened?
0: <laughs> uh mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> look what I've done to you. <laughs>
0: I'll tell you what it is. Um, I golfed left-handed tonight.
1: Yes, you did. When we played (laughs) putt-butt. It
0: screwed the world up.
1: Welcome to my world. Oh, that's it. Because I'm Mm left-handed. You switched your brain. Welcome to my fucking daily horror. There you go. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Lefties, you all know what I'm talking about.
0: (laughs) It was really weird.
1: You did really good. He kicked my ass. (laughs) He putt golf. He putt-golfed.
0: I putt golfed. Yeah,
1: <laughs> putt golfed left handed.
0: I was puttering around with my left hand
1: in public too. Yeah, in public. No wonder we needed to get out of there so quickly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was fun. I like. I liked it. Those. I don't really know what the th- the moral was, or if it is maybe like her collection of short stories do kind of like build on each other, kind of like you know like Pooh does that.
0: Yeah, I do know that one of the things, um, one of the things that the, uh, my research uncovered was that she would frequently write stories that were just intended to sort of expose the absurdity of the way things are. Yeah. And certainly this oh, does a pretty good yeah. job of exposing that, like, you know, what? just because you're crowned king doesn't mean you are immune to the very normal human failings. Yeah.
1: And just because you're meant to be king doesn't mean you should be and, like, all these things. But I also find it funny that George Bernard Shaw hated her so much because that's exactly what he writes. Well, yeah. All his... All of his shows are exposing the flaws of, like, the upper class and the, like, pettiness. Well, and again,
0: it sounds like she did something not—he didn't hate her artistically. It sounds like when she was young, she did something to offend him personally.
1: (laughs) She was just like—she, she's like, called him out. Yeah. She, like, went to one of his lectures and was like, I think you're a little bitch, and he didn't like it.
0: Yeah. She probably (laughs) made fun of his mustache.
1: Oh, yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it.
0: George Bernard Shaw had a mustache, right? Wait, he had a big ass beard, right? I'm
1: sure at some point it was just a mustache. It was probably a
0: mustache. Maybe at some he point. had
1: a mustache. She made fun of it, and then he grew the beard because <laughs> she really like got, gave thing. him. She gave him a complex. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like, I hate your stupid chin. <laughs> He's like, What? Your mustache should cover that stupid chin of yours. <laughs> so he grew a beard. <laughs> That's definitely what happened. Yep. I was there. So. <laughs>
0: Uh, so write in, let us know what you thought of that story. Uh, remember all that stuff I said at the beginning of the episode and that's your job to remember because I can't anymore. Uh, yeah. And let us know if you want us to read The Wise Princess, um, Mm -hmm. next week. And when you write in to 5050 Arts Production, and when you write in to 5050 Arts Production at gmail.com or any of the social medias looking for Campfire Classics podcast, please include this week's secret passcode, which is George Bernard Shaw's stupid chin.
1: Yeah, his stupid fucking chin. <laughs> um. Let's see if we can give him a complex all over again from the grave. Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: That's all I got. You got anything else?
1: That's all I got.
0: All right. Well, hey, thanks for joining us, campers. And until next week, this has been Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf.
1: I'm a Barbie girl in the Barbie world. I'm a clever, clever princess. That's gonna be the next O'Haree. Barbie.